1: This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Waco. Online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednarz, and the voice of the Bears, John Morris.
2: Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Glad to have you with us. John Morris, Brooke Bednar's hosting today, and uh, Brooke, we've got a full show I started to say an hour it depends on how long <laughs> we get going but a full podcast today we're going to lead off with uh, Drew Pittman associate AD for event management and facilities and then a little bit later we're going to bring in uh, two former Baylor greats who will be part of our pregame tailgate show we've got on television and radio yeah. and uh, we got a game to get ready for this I am Saturday so, so this is fun This <laughs> yes, is a big week
0: this is a big week and I'm very excited to have everybody on and just talk about the reality that is having a game this yep. week.
2: It is Baylor in the University of Houston on Saturday, and uh, looking forward to that at McLean Stadium. But we begin and bring in uh, our good friend Drew Pittman, as I said, Associate AD for Event Management and Facilities, on staff here at Baylor since 2005. And welcome to you, first off. Thank you, John. Appreciate you. you being here. You know, that title is kind of a title but if we were to try to encompass everything you do in a title, uh, it wouldn't fit on a business card.
3: Yeah, I, uh, I generally, when somebody asks me what I do and they say, what's the event, uh, the associate athletic director for event management facilities do, I say it's the associate athletic director for other stuff.
2: Other stuff. Other Whatever
3: stuff. isn't <laughs> encompassed somewhere else, we take care of it there.
2: And there's a lot of that, especially this year. Sure. want to get your thoughts uh, on that, some of the differences that, that we'll see as we go into uh, the start of this athletic school year. But want to get some of your background first. Uh you graduated from Baylor. Uh Brooke, I don't know if you know, communications major. Drew oh, so was this a commu- is a I know, exactly. He could have hosted his own <laughs> podcast. Uh and uh from there to uh NBC in New York, how was that experience? Yeah, I spent my last
3: semester uh in New York, uh interning at NBC. Uh and that was a great experience. It's amazing and uh you know, for a, a Texas boy to live in New York City for <laughs> six or seven months was quite the experience. Um, but it was great. And it was, a it was a neat time to be there. It was 2004, I guess. Uh, and so a lot of, a lot of neat things happening, did a little, uh, NASCAR coverage for them and a bunch of other stuff, but it was, uh, it was a neat place to be, but, uh, I fit back here in Waco a little better, <laughs>
2: so I high it back. I remember one of our trips uh, to the NIT championships up there in New York. You were you were a very good tour guide for us, <laughs> kind of showing us the way around New York City.
3: Yeah, it's uh, that's my. I think I've I've been back a number of times, and I love to go back because uh, it is a really neat place to be. Uh, but those two NIT trips were, were both great because yeah. uh, Nick Joes, who was the sport administrator for basketball at the time both times he said, Hey, Hey, you want to go
2: to, you want to go to New York? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's great. And so from there, what was the process? What was the path that uh, led you to what you're doing now? So I
3: had worked, uh, in event management facilities as an undergrad, primarily doing, um, uh, special events at the Farrell center. Uh, and I like to, to tell people that I'm normally one of the most unathletic people working in the athletic department. Like I have no clear pathway to working in college athletics, especially not at this level. Um but I came back uh in August or September and I my plan was to go to grad school and but I was a little too late. Obviously classes already started so I was like, you know what, I'll hang out here and uh and wait and start in January or something like that. And Clint Muscle White Um, was working over at the Ferrell Center, working in event management facilities. And I'd worked for him, like I said. And he said, hey, just come. We've got some work we need. Um, You can work for us during football season. And uh, then you can start whatever, you know, whatever you want to do. And uh, I guess around um, November or so, he took a job at uh, the Corpus Christi Hooks um, and went down there. And so I I went into his job and haven't looked back. That's great. It's been great.
0: How have you seen your role? Obviously it's changed and you've, and you've moved up, uh, the chain, but how have you seen your role kind of develop from 2005 to here we are 15 years later, 2020, obviously nothing looks the same this year, but overall, how have you seen it uh, grow and develop?
3: Yeah, we've obviously, um, done a lot of construction, um, in that time period. Um, I think I added it up one day and it was, it was an unreal amount, but um, you know, we built this building Simpson. Um, we built the practice facility over at the, at the, the Ferrell center, obviously the stadium and the track and the bank and Allison Endor and, and so on and so forth. Um, so that's really been the biggest change. Obviously the move and am John, I'm sure you can echo this, but the move from Floyd Casey to McLean was just dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though that was only six, seven years ago, I guess, um, it seems like it was yesterday. Um, and that kind of, was a big shift for us really moving things on campus, having all the abilities to engage with people over here, even though the stadium's on the other side of the river, it's well connected. And uh, you know, it's, it's something where people are engaged every day. And it meant so much to our student athletes because they didn't have to drive across town anymore. I mean, it was just, you know, our football student athletes, when we got the track built over here, our track and field cross country student athletes, you know, didn't have to spend so much time in the car every day. Um, going across town and, uh, and even more true for our golf mm-hmm. student athletes. Once we opened the golf facility a few years ago, uh, the Billy, um, you know, those kids were spending an hour in the car every day just going out um, to the golf course. Um, so those have been, you know, just huge shifts for us, both in the quality and the caliber of the facilities, but also the quality and the caliber of the student athlete experience, um, which is what we're, you know, try to improve and, and, and really raise every day.
0: I do want to know. You mentioned your original plan was to come back and go to grad school. Were you going to go to grad school for something like what you're doing now, uh, or was this kind of just a path that was laid out in front of you? No,
3: I was going to get an MA in communications. Wow. Um, so I have a, I, the degree at the time was telecommunication, now it's film and digital media. Um, and I was going to get an MA in communications and do who knows what. So you really could have been doing our job. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
2: Hosting his
3: own
0: podcast. Yeah. It
2: could have happened. For Not sure. at this level. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, tell us uh, about your family. Tell everyone listening about your family, Alyssa and your kids. Yeah. And uh, that's been fun to watch. Uh, watch the growth of your family. <laughs> last we are. Uh,
3: <laughs> we, Alyssa and I have been married um, for nine years. Uh, and uh, we've got three great kids. So when I'm in, when I say their ages and you do the math, you're like, that doesn't make any right, sense. Right. <laughs> so we have a 17 year old Oleg, uh, who's a junior in high school. Um, we have a just newly turned 10 year old Archer. And then we have a baby Ellis who turned two in August. Um, and so Oleg and Archer, we adopted, um, they're both from Ukraine. Um, I'm trying to do the math to figure out uh, we would have adopted Oleg seven ish years ago, six and a half years ago, I think, okay. and then Archer um, about five years ago. Um, so they're they're not uh, the different times, not relatives, um, different sides of the country. Uh, Ukraine's about the size of Texas, so think about adopted one kid in Texarkana and the other kid in El Paso. <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, quite an experience. So we just Alyssa, uh, I mean, I I joke um, on a pretty regular basis that. Um, I, somebody said, I read, I read somebody the other day that said, uh, oh, it was Tom Hanks had made a quote about his wife and he said, um, you know, you get something you don't deserve. He said, you're bound to win the lottery every <laughs> once in a while. Um, and obviously that's the situation I found myself in and Alyssa uh, and her family, she, they have a huge heart for, for everything. Um, and that was just something that she told me really early on. When we were dating. She's like, Hey, just by the way, I want to adopt kids. And, you know, at that point, Drew was just lucky to be where he was. and was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, Absolutely. <yes>. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we adopted Oleg and Archer and been off to the races. So we started, instead of having a baby, we started with a 11 year old, um, which is just a whole different experience. Yeah. And so, but yeah, we're great kids and great family and, it's been fun
2: that yeah. and, uh, just make the point, Oleg, uh, not just an 11 year old when you got him, but he was, uh, he's blind also. He and so that's quite a change for, uh, you know, a recently married couple.
3: Yeah. We had a blind 11 year old. I yeah. guess I should, I should yeah. clarify. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, uh, I'll tell you though. Um, and he goes out to, he goes to Midway and, um, I think the only reason people know he's blind is because he's like a bull in a china shop through the hallway in the <laughs> school. And so much so that now, especially with COVID, um, they let him change classes early. They let oh. him go from class to class early because <laughs> he would good. just bump into everybody <laughs> <That's> <laughs> funny all the way down the hallway. Um, but yeah, he's, uh,
2: he's very well adjusted, isn't he? He
3: is. He, you would other than that, you really wouldn't know. Yeah. And, and he's, uh, he's a big computer, uh, programming and computer science guy. And he's taken, uh, six ap tests this year i just had to wow. pay the bill for taking all wow. the ap tests but uh yeah he's a he's a brainiac so he's a he's a great kid
2: and a junior in high school he'll uh maybe be at baylor in a couple of years maybe yeah maybe we're maybe uh
3: we uh you know it's a, a little bit less traditional fall for juniors in high school that would normally go visit a bunch mm-hmm. of college campuses yeah. um so we're trying to figure out where we visit and where he wants to go and obviously baylor's an easy one because <laughs> yeah. we can be in town and do it and navigate it easily.
0: How would you say, um, your, your life has changed having started out your family with adoption? There is, a lot of people are very passionate. Like you mentioned, Alyssa, we've spoken with some coaches and they care deeply about, you know, different foster care programs and things of that. Uh, but why was it something that, you know, speaking as a father of two adopted uh, sons, how do you feel about that?
3: Yeah, it's amazing. And I'll tell you the thing that, um, uh, so we adopted a 10 year old, almost 11 and a five year old. And, um, so those are a lot of, a lot of times what's termed waiting children um, because they're just over there waiting, um, ready to go. And so a lot of people, um, when they think about adopting, they think about adopting a baby or something like that, and that was maybe the thing that Alyssa was the most passionate about. And then I became, eventually, w- once I figured it all out and once once it it made sense uh, to me. But um, there's you know just thousands and thousands of children, both domestically and internationally, that fall into that category. They're five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, even older, um, and they need families too. And so it's um, that's a, a something that we've been passionate about. Try to advocate for some kids in some different places and stuff and really seen a, a lot of growth in that area. The it's, it's obviously not easy. Um, you know, a, adopting a baby is a little more um, I don't want to say simple. Cause we just had a baby two years ago and it's not at all simple. Uh-huh. Um, but the attachment process and learning and growing and everything is, is different. Obviously adopting a a 10 year old, he has a lot of, um, you know, preconceived notions about how family's going to be, how parents are going to be, what it's going to be like. And so it's just a different experience. Uh, and it's not always easy. Um, that's for sure. Um, you know, in the first couple of years, we're, we're pretty rough. But um, we got to a, a really good place. And, and Oleg, it's probably, you know, it's a lot more him than us probably because he's just um, a really successful kid and is really driven, Um, he's just really successful and and that drive to be successful with him is so strong. So, um, we joke a lot that, um, somebody will say something about it, ask Oleg about his homework or the teacher will send an email home and it'll say, make sure you ask your student about this or that or whatever. Like we don't ever have to do that. Mm -hmm. Like Oleg comes home and he's this or that or whatever about class or, I did horribly on this test. What am I going to do? Well, did you get your grade? No, I'm going to get my grade tomorrow. And then the next day, what'd you make on that test? No, I made it 99.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Horrible, 99. <laughs>
3: so we, we give him a hard time. He's his toughest critic um, for sure. And so it's, uh, but yeah, it's a different experience. It's fun, but I, that's the, you know, adoption in general, really broad topic. But then especially you start talking about waiting kids and older kids and stuff like that. It's just a whole nother avenue
2: of it. Alyssa is a uh, trooper in many ways, uh, not the least of which was your wedding day. Uh, day you will remember in a lot of different ways. March fifth, two thousand and eleven, wasn't you know to have a wedding on that day. That's that kind of fills up the day. But you had to add uh, quite a bit more on that day also. <laughs> so I'm standing at this is obviously um, Floyd Casey Stadium days, and I'm
3: standing. I, I remember exactly where I was. I'm standing <laughs> in the top of the south end zone at Floyd Casey Stadium back in the fall. Um, and my, my supervisor at the time called me and he said, Hey, we've, we've got a hold on, um, this day, um, to not have a basketball game. We put in a hold, the big 12 surveys you every year and ask, are there any days you need holds on? And we had put in a hold, a facility hold. Do you know why we did that? <laughs> and I said, well, um, it's, uh, that's the last, it's the first week into spring break. And from a marketing and fan engagement perspective, we thought we'd have a hard time getting students there to participate. So we were trying to get our last game to be earlier. And then teams would go to Big 12 Championship. Students would go to spring break. And he said, oh, okay." He said, well, I think we're going to have a game that day. We're going to play Texas. And I was like, oh, man. (laughs) And uh, he continues on uh, to say that, and we're going to host ESPN college game day yeah. for the first time ever. And so, um, I said, I said, and do you, I, I kind of, okay. And I said, do you remember me telling you that I'm getting married that day too? And he goes, <laughs> right. he goes, uh, Oh yeah. He goes, well, that'll be fun. <laughs> that, oh my goodness. That was goodness. the uh, that <laughs> was the, <laughs> end of the conversation. Yeah. So I put my, um, tuxedo on at the Ferrell center and went to, uh, I uh, went to Truett, to right. the Powell Chapel at Truitt and got married. And Bobby uh, is the guy who drives the college game day bus but for both basketball and football, and he—I don't know if he's driving it this year. I don't know how that's all working this year, but he was driving it last year because I saw him when when they came to town. And uh, he always, when he sees me, gives me a hard time because he offered to take me from the Ferrell Center to to <laughs> Truitt in the bus yeah. to like drop me off. How great the wedding. is that? <laughs> And I I told him I didn't think Alyssa would necessarily think it was as great as yeah. the rest of us would right. think it was great. But every time Bobby sees me he asks me about that. Why <laughs> well, Drew, why didn't why didn't you let me take
0: it? Riding you to the church? in style.
3: So but uh, yeah, it was a that was a good day. We uh yeah, I think the wedding was game day would have been over by nine or 10 mm-hmm. And uh we didn't play till that night. Mm-hmm. That was a prime time game. Because Bill has stayed and did it with, I can't remember whoever, um, did uh, play-by-play um, for that game. And uh, we I I remember driving by the Ferrell Center and the Ferrell Center being packed and we're leaving town to go on the, our honeymoon and, wow. and thinking, I'm supposed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's a, a memorable day, day. That is a very
2: That's memorable a day. That's a long, memorable day. It was fun.
0: But thank goodness you were getting married on Baylor campus. That worked out. Mm, Absolutely. (laughs) Well, we're going to go to break real quick, but stick around as we come back and continue to talk more about Baylor campus and uh, the upcoming game and how you are making sure everything will be ready for McLean Stadium.
1: What season is it? It's truck season at Allen Samuels. Ram trucks are raring to go, ready to work and play, and all feature the best deals of the year during Ram Power Days. Come get your brand new Ram Lone Star at Allen Samuels with 0% for 72 and no payments for 90 days. Or choose up to $9,250 in bonus cash and incentives. Ram, the highest pickup owner loyalty in America. Shop, apply, buy online. We deliver Ram Power Days at Allen Samuels.
0: Relationships, Community, Home. Now more than ever, these are the things that we're holding fast to. Home should restore us from today and ready us for tomorrow. It's where stories are told and relationships are forged. Within those walls, memories are made, laughter is shared, and family is gathered around the table. For these reasons, we believe in home and that right now there is no better place to be. If you and your family are looking to buy or sell a home, head over to magnoliarealty.com. Magnolia is a proud sponsor of Baylor Athletics.
1: Now, back to the Sikkim podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat.
2: Back with us on the Sikkim Podcast. Be sure to uh, subscribe, download the Sikkim Podcast each week. Wherever you find your podcast on uh, Apple, on Spotify, it's all there. It's on the Baylor website, baylorbears.com. Subscribe and listen each week to the Sikkim Podcast presented by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Continuing with Drew Pittman, Baylor's associate AD for event management and facilities. And uh, safe to say going into this school year and this football game, which will be the first of the year this Saturday, you've never had any event management and facilities issues like we have this year.
3: <laughs> I think, uh, you know, um, Mac Rhodes, our athletic director said it best. Um, and I don't remember when he said this, it's been a, a month or two ago, but he said, this will be a season like none other. Uh, and he's absolutely right. It's just been a, a different experience. Um, you know, it's a different Uh, almost everything about it is is different so um, we've tried to you know just from a consistency standpoint keep as many things the same that the public sees when they interact with us either on a weekday or in an event Um, but it it is there's a fair amount of uh, of of changes that have had to occur based on the on the pandemic and the and the given circumstances
0: what would you say are some of the biggest changes that they that they might notice, whether or not they're coming to the game or they're staying and watching from home.
3: Well, I, I mean, I think it'll be hard to miss um, the capacity uh, of the stadium. That's going to be, you know, really the the, the biggest uh, you know difference that you notice visually. Um, we're we're right at a twenty five percent capacity, um, kind of in line with um, our peers in in the conference and and across the state. So I think all the You know the A five, the Power Five schools in the state of Texas are are at twenty five percent. So if you if you're watching it on TV, if you've seen any games the last couple weeks, that's that's a pretty similar aspect. We've got some schools in the Big Twelve right now. I think Kansas and West Virginia that have no fans. Um, So we are really excited um, that we've been able to work with the city of Waco, um, with our authorities here on
2: campus to have you know, some semblance uh, of a fan base there. And I have uh, somewhat of a handle on all the things you guys do, you know, in in preparation for an event, a big event like a football game. I'm not sure I can even grasp all the things that are on top of that now this year with with the COVID.
3: Sure, and we've – you know, it's been a great – great partnership with with us with health and wellness here in the athletic department. Kenny Boyd leads that group and, and Kenny, um, and Henry Howard, my supervisor, you know, on the, on the COVID task force back in, in March and really kind of started that process. Um, and then we've continued it and, you know, to our return to, to, um, campus for our student athletes and our employees. And now this return to events, um, that soccer was our first event, um, last Friday. And then we'll have, I think green and gold volleyball this Friday and then football on Saturday. Uh, And then we'll continue on with the kind of the whole gamut. Um, But yeah, it's been a different experience. You know, we have, um, I don't know that I ever thought I'd be uh, in a couple or two or three, however many it was zoom calls with the mayor of the city of Waco. That just wasn't something, you know, we put in a permit request every year um, that goes through parks and, and recreation here in the city. And they, they grant us a permit relative to traffic and, traffic control and road closures and all that kind of stuff. Um, And it's just been a little bit different experience and, you know, a different level of scrutiny, obviously, because of of what's going on and and the different circumstances. Um, But uh, a little bit of a a mixed bag as far as things that we expected, things we didn't expect, um, just getting ready for the season.
0: Sanitation has obviously been on the forefront of everyone's mind. And as the 25% of fans who get to come to the game, um, I'm sure they're thinking about it as well. Uh, what are some of the things that you guys are doing in preparation of them coming to McLean?
3: Sure. So, I mean, the stadium it itself, especially the indoor areas, which are kind of the more susceptible ones, as we've as we've found out so far, um, are just getting a different level of, of cleaning and disinfecting Um you know, we already really had a robust program um, and our, our, our contractor, our vendor, uh, Texas Urban Enterprises that does that kind of work for us uh, do, they do really great work, but they've just stepped it up a different level. We're using, um, you know, some different chemicals, some different processes, um, you know, especially as a really like team areas and stuff like that. We brought in some new technology um, as far as electrostatic spraying and UV UVC um, uh, disinfecting and, and some different processes there. It's, um, you know, we've added, I think in the, in the football stadium, 180 points of hand sanitizer, uh, dispensing. So we had had a number of them already, but we've added those all around, around the facility. We've got hand washing stations. You used to see those, um, where you saw porta johns and that kind of stuff outside. So those are remain in those places, but they're also now at the gates, they're on the concourse all over the place. We've done a, a really big graphic and signage project. So, when you go in a restroom, obviously, in an effort to maintain that social distancing that's so important, uh, we may have you know different um, fixtures that aren't available right now to, to just give everybody a little bit more space. And then obviously, you'll see a lot of uh, kind of ground decals, um, similar to what you see in the grocery store and other retailers and stuff, just when you're in line at a concession stand or getting into the stadium at a gate to kind of remind you to give everybody just a little bit of extra
2: space. And uh, anything to to make people aware of, if they're coming to the game this week or coming at any point this season, and things could adjust over the course of the season also, anything to make people aware of if they're coming to McLean Stadium?
3: Yeah, so obviously um, the the governor of the state of Texas has a face coverings um, policy right now, so a mask or, or whatever you want to call it, um, but... Um, Baylor has some kind of more specific guidance on that. And so you'll see that on our website. In fact, we just worked on a new graphic that should be up there today. We've got a brand new um, game day website. So if you go to the BaylorBears.com website, you'll see up there, there's a link to this specific game day website, um, which will have some information like that. Um, The other kind of exciting part is just in our screening process. So, you know, we check bags and we use metal detectors and all that stuff. For you know, just to create that safe and secure environment at the stadium. We were able to make some modifications to that with the assistance of our public safety professionals on campus. Uh, and so now you won't actually um, have to um, put your bag on the table and take anything out or take your cell phone or anything out of your pocket. You'll just hold on to all that and walk through the metal detector. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been able to make some modifications there to make it um, able to, to do that and kind of make things a little more touchless experience. Um, for our fans in that area.
0: The field obviously will be where everyone's eyes are as they're watching the football game, but that's going to look a little bit different as well. I believe the box has been extended. Not as many people will be on the field. Can you kind of go into detail about that?
3: Yeah, so the the team box um, by NCAA rule has been extended to the 15-yard lines. Um, So you've got more space there um, for the teams to be able to spread out and to distance on on the sidelines. Uh, the big 12 has put some policies in place as far as who can be on the sideline and what the requirements are there to be on the sideline. So we we've kind of talked about it in the sense of a field certification program. So really depending on where you are down there, you have to meet certain standards as far as um, testing and work function and all that kind of stuff. So you'll see really fewer of everything down there except for football players and coaches, Um, fewer photographers, um, fewer from the TV crew um, fewer from all the different staffs, uh, no recruits right now. Obviously the NCAA has got a moratorium on football recruiting, um, currently until the end of September. Um, so no recruits there either on the field or at the stadium or even, you know, moving up to their seats when the game starts. Um, the band um, will be there at the game, uh, but will be in the stands the whole time. They won't be um, able to march uh, on the field pregame or halftime, um, because of some big 12 regulations. Um, there will be cheerleaders, spirit squads down there, um, but there will be fewer um, just once again to meet those standards um, for the certification program.
2: And what about uh, one of the great traditions here at Baylor is the Baylor line, the running of the Baylor line. What's that going to look like this year?
3: Yeah, so we're excited. We're really excited to be able to continue that tradition. Obviously, I think that's the 50th anniversary yes. of, of the Baylor line, which is, which is an exciting moment for all of us. Um, we'll, we'll have fewer, um, freshman students running. We've been able to, to, to limit it right now to 500, um, per game, which still allows all of our incoming students, all our new students to run as part of that, uh, of that program, uh, just, you know, spaced out over the, over the home game. So we're excited. We got to keep this, this, uh, fifth game, this Houston game so that we can have more space for them, um, to run. And instead of running and making the tunnel for the team to come out and everything, they'll just run all the way across the field and up through the tunnels to their seats. And then the team will come out after they've cleared the field, uh, just in an effort to to keep that social distancing and keep everybody a little bit farther apart.
0: And I know they typically would huddle in that tunnel. Um, Are they going to have a little bit more uh, room to to space out before they make the run?
3: Yeah, absolutely. We've, you know, created more space. We've moved some railings around. If you sit in the berm area, you'll notice there's – we've made a few modifications there just to give them more space to spread out before they run and and be able to keep some time there. And then we're opening that – normally we'd open that gate two hours ahead of time to give those kids more time to come in and to queue and to get ready. That gate will open at an hour and a half just like all the rest of the gates – So they won't be in there quite as long and and just a little bit more space for everybody.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for, A, taking the time to visit with us, but B, um, taking all the precautions and making sure that McLean is ready for game day this Saturday as Baylor takes on the University of Houston. Uh, We really appreciate you making sure that the game day atmosphere is as normal as it could possibly be during this, uh, pandemic. So thank you again for your time and for all that you're doing for us.
3: Thank you. And look forward to seeing everybody on Saturday.
2: If you need a trailer, Flat Rock Trailers has got you covered. From light-duty single-axle utility trailers to the Big Tech's Tandem Duels. We also carry a full line of enclosed cargo trailers. Need a motorcycle trailer? We've got them. Need a dump trailer? We've got the largest selection in the state. Oil field trailers? We carry a full line of Big Tech's trailers to handle all your needs. Trailer repairs? We repair all makes and models. We'll even rent you a trailer if you need to use one for a day. Flat Rock Trailers, your number one source for all your trailer needs. Find us at flatrocktrailers.com. Bentwood Realty is a full-service real estate firm with more than 70 high-achieving agents who desire to make a positive impact in their local communities. Their agents stay actively involved in all buying, selling, and investing real estate transactions to make sure their clients receive the utmost level of service. Established in 2011 by brokers Kim Galvan and Rick Hines, both proud Baylor alumni, call Bentwood Realty today, 254-300-4800. They're at 601 Lake Air Drive in Waco and Bentwood Realty.com.
0: Thanks for sticking around. This is a continuation of the Sikkim podcast. I'm Brooke Bednars, joined by John Morris, the voice of the Bears. And John, we have two very important people that I am thrilled to introduce. We have Seth Russell and Elliot Coffey, two former Baylor football stars. Thanks for joining us here today as we talk about and kind of reveal. Um, a new Baylor alumni tailgate show that we're excited to kick off with you two.
4: Yeah, super excited to be a part of it. Um, Brooke, John, Elliot, look forward to working with you guys and, and uh, see where it all kind of leads.
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm fired up as well. Uh, you said two stars. I was like, you got Seth, which is one star, and then you got me, who's <laughs> just happy to be around. And so I'm, uh, I'm fired up and excited to be a part of this thing too. <laughs>
0: You well, that's get, you an got, indication of how the show is going to be. I'm, I'm super excited <laughs> to work with you guys.
2: <laughs> you guys are superstars in our book. We're looking forward to it. Uh, first off, isn't it fun just to get to football? I mean, there have been so many twists and turns and hurdles along the way. Uh, Seth, isn't it nice that we've got a game coming up this Saturday?
4: Yeah, I was, I was really looking forward to last week. Um, even though Law tech would have been a great game. I mean, I'm even more excited for, for Houston, just because that, that's where I'm located now. So it seems like it's kind of like a hometown field, both sides, uh, really excited. I'm, I'm a big fan of Dana Holgerson. So that will be really cool to see how, how he's able to transfer over in the will as well as with uh, the new coaching staff at Baylor. It's going to be a, a phenomenal, I feel like it's going to be a shootout, um, as, as we'd like to see at Baylor um, a lot of times, um, but really like to see how the defense, comes into play as well.
0: What are you guys looking forward to most? Obviously, you guys have been back and around to campus. But um, to return on a game day, especially after everything that 2020 has been. Elliot, what will that mean to you to be able to come back and kick off the 2020 season with this?
5: Well, I mean, it's huge. Um, y- you know, outside of Baylor, I think the other team that I cheer for in college football is typically U of H, because I'm from Houston. And so um, it'll be good to see them up close and personal. Of course, you know, with everything that 2020 has brought us, uh, some sense of normalcy, I think, is probably the biggest thing that I'm looking for. Um, You know, Waco is unquestionably my second home. And so having a chance to go back and, you know, seeing football and, and things kind of falling back into place, really the first time in all of 2020. Uh, I'm pumped up for it. And I think it's a great opportunity for us to go out there and play a really intense opponent. I mean, we were supposed to play Ole Miss. You think about U of H not really playing second fiddle to that game. And so, um, you know, huge opportunity to see what Coach Aranda and and this coaching staff have been able to do with a really, you know, truncated football season. No spring, no true summer. Um, And so seeing the guys, you know, Charlie and and the rest of those single-digit players that I'm excited to see uh, go out there and try to make something of this short season.
2: Elliot, uh, I'm guessing you guys uh, both kind of dove in and watched a lot of college football or pro football last weekend. Wasn't it fun to have that back and see some of the college games and uh, Big 12 in action for the first time this year last weekend?
5: Oh, yeah, it was great. Uh, Well, I would say it wasn't necessarily great for the Big 12, but it was great for college football in general. (laughs) Right. you know, I'm, I'm sitting in my, my apartment. I've got, you know, on the big screen, I've got one game. I've got my laptop streaming one game, and then I've got my phone streaming another game. And so I'm just geeked out that football season is back. And, yeah, I, I can't wait to, uh, to actually be a part of that, right? It's a little bit more fun to watch a game when you know that Baylor's in the mix as well.
0: Well, we're going to be doing the best that we can. The first half of this podcast was with uh, Drew Pittman, and he talked a lot about, you know, just getting McLean Stadium ready, fortunately, we do get to have 25% capacity, but for everyone else at home, we're kind of the opportunity for them to still have some sort of a game day atmosphere. And that's the goal of this Baylor alumni tailgate show um, to provide them that we're going to be breaking down the game, obviously, but it's going to be on the radio and TV all at the same time. And then John's going to carry us through until kickoff on the radio. Um, How do y'all, Feel about being on the show with us? Are you ex- excited about that? Any any nerves, pregame nerves, like you maybe used to get before you stood up for a football game?
4: Well, I I guess we'll just have to see when we get there. I'm a uh, I'm a kind of last moment type of guy. Um, well I think once things start flowing, get back in the rhythm of things, um, it's going to be really cool and really exciting. I'm glad that that you guys invited me to be a part of this. I think it's really cool and an honor uh, to be on the team on the on the show with you guys and, and really be a part of, of Baylor and, and the growth and the, and the stages that it's been through in the past and really, um, you know, shed light on a lot of things that are going on and how we can improve and, and add to you know, what's Baylor, what Baylor is doing really this year, what they're going to be doing in the future, um, you know, especially with all the COVID stuff going on. It's just, you know, what are some you know, precautionary things that are, people are taking that the staff that, uh, that the football team is taking and how we can just, continue to bring support however way we can you know whether that's being there being outside watching tweeting posting whatever it is I know that you know as a player that's been on the field it's always cool to walk out and see a full stadium and um, I could imagine the, the the feeling of walking out and only seeing you know 25 percent it makes you feel like you're you're having a bad couple of years or something like that whatever that amount of player uh, uh, fans show up but uh, we all know that it's you know certain reasons certain precautions and uh, I'm really excited to see how how really all of college football responds to um, you know first off the electronic whistles which I think is really interesting um, as well as you know the the fan the fan number
0: what about you Elliot
5: yeah I, I'm I'm with Seth there's parts of the game that I'm, I'm excited to see kind of how it plays out uh, but as far as being a part of the show I mean I this is an opportunity when I got the phone call I was pumped up you know I, i've I've always wanted to be a part of a pregame experience you know now that i'm far beyond my years of playing and so to be you know embedded in the, the game day experience to have the full faith and support of you know Baylor and and the alumni association really sponsoring this deal for us is huge right because it gives us the resources and gives us the legs to really you know give this show the the future that it deserves and so I'm excited to be out there. I know there's so many people, you know, that have reached out to me since we had that press release go out saying that, hey, look, we're going to be on the show and these are the names. And so that's one side of it that's exciting. But additionally, you got people that are just excited to, to be a part of Baylor football. And, and so to be a voice and somebody that's going to be on the front side of that thing is just, you know, super exciting for me.
2: You guys, when you were here, when you were in school, you were go-to uh, interviews because you did so well. You spoke so well, you know, and, and uh, we'd always get a good sound bite from you. And now that has sort of translated or you've transcended that and now in front of the camera and uh, on the air with us. Elliot, you've done that for the last few years, part of our post-game fan forum and done a great job there. So expanding that role a little bit, It's going to be new for seth uh ellie what would you say to seth about uh being on camera and being a a tv star
5: (laughs) (laughs) um the quick word of advice talk a little bit slower than you think you need to there you go um because you'll get up there and you'll just you know the adrenaline is pumping and you get that reacting to it and you're on a thousand (laughs) thousand um but yeah, take your time, find your voice. Everybody's going to love you, man. Be you and, and you're going to crush it. <laughs> I
2: appreciate that. Seth, any concerns
4: about doing this or are you pretty uh, You're pretty calm and confident? No, I just, like I said, I'm, I'm just a shoe from the hip type of guy. Uh, I'll come in and try to be prepared somewhat so I'm not seem like I'm a novice at this or anything. But uh, um, I think I've had some, had some good experiences in the past with speaking to the media and and trying to you know keep things level and evil keel, even keel. And uh, uh, but I think it'll be really cool. I- I'm excited for it. It'll be a great opportunity, just as Elliot said, to be a part of um, Baylor football again and, and uh, to play some form of role and positivity and in adding to that.
0: Sounds like, John, you uh, made him, whipped him into shape and trained him up pretty well while they were here.
2: <laughs> oh, they're naturals. Believe me, they're naturals. I don't take any credit for that. <laughs>
0: Relationships, community, home. Now more than ever, these are the things that we're holding fast to. Home should restore us from today and ready us for tomorrow. It's where stories are told and relationships are forged. Within those walls, memories are made, laughter is shared, and family is gathered around the table. For these reasons, we believe in home and that right now there is no better place to be. If you and your family are looking to buy or sell a home, head over to MagnoliaRealty.com. Magnolia is a proud sponsor of Baylor Athletics.
5: I hate my job
3: But I don't mind getting up in the morning I dread each day But I can't wait to get out of bed You ask me why And what I'll say to you is true
4: Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't foolin' around. Salsa draps, son, they're the best in town Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true Put a
5: smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue Next in line
1: you're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Here again are Brooke Nars and John Morris.
0: Well, obviously, um, the football programs, both Houston and Baylor, uh, have a quick turnaround to get prepared for this matchup. Um, we ourselves kind of had an adjustment um, preparing for LaTex for the show, now making the adjustment um, for Houston But how do you, you guys both being former players, um, would that be, What walk us through kind of the mindset a little bit on what it would be like to have only a week of sudden preparation as you guys dive into not only a game, but the season opener? Elliot? You know, I think. Or Seth, uh, go ahead.
4: Yeah, or yeah, I think it's just like any other game, Um, you know, obviously you have some you know, drawbacks with it being the first game of the season. There's going to be a lot – hopefully not a lot of communication errors, which I think are expected, as you can see, with all the other teams kind of going on. And But they've had the whole summer, you know, quote-unquote, to prepare for that first game. Um, but I, I think, you know, Houston and Baylor are in the same boat, so I don't think there's any disadvantage any way that you look at it. Um, but then again, you just treat it as a season. I mean, you go in one week, prepare for the team, you know, win or lose, go back, and watch film on Sunday and prepare for the next week. So I think it's just getting them, you know, into that game form or games or season form to where, you know, it's, it's just like any other, any other game, just a little bit, a little bit in a different circumstance, but still very similar.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Now the tricky thing, and Seth is right, you got to treat it like any other game, but the, the tricky thing here with this coaching staff is this is Coach Randa's first time as a head coach. And so trying to get the the operational piece of what does game day look like? You know, when do we get the guys in? When do we get the guys out? That's going to be a little bit more difficult. Now, the one advantage that we do have over U of H in this situation is that U of H doesn't know if they need to watch film on Baylor, watch film on LSU, watch film on, on, on Louisiana Lafayette. They've got all these, or even North Carolina, right? Okay. And so you've got all these different films that they've got to watch. They're probably the ones that are at the disadvantage for us. You know, you're returning a starter at quarterback or returning a starter at running back um, for U of H. And so for us, we just go on and we throw on that film in the last seven games of last year, and you just pound it as much as you can. For the QCs and the uh, the grad assistants, that's what's really going to be tough for, because those guys are probably working around the clock right now trying to get all that film broken down.
2: Hey, for me, it's fun uh, to have this matchup. It's an old Southwest Conference matchup. You guys obviously played in the Big 12 beyond the Southwest Conference but uh, but both of you have ties to Houston, as you mentioned earlier. Is, is that does that add a little extra juice, uh, Seth, to this matchup, Baylor and U of H?
4: Absolutely. Um, you know, I consider Houston home now, and so uh, you know, being a part of that, and whenever you know, quick backstory when Holgerson you know joined U of H, you know, I tried you know, with, or not yeah, with Holgerson there, I tried to you know be a GA or something because I was living down in the Medical Center area. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, and so I just reached out to them, and, you know, unfortunately, with the new transition and everything, you know, budgets were pretty tight on that side, and, uh, but got to speak with them. I mean, I respect those guys a lot, and, uh, you know, being a part of Houston now is, you know, being through the through the hurricane, and just really, you know, seeing the community and how it works together is, is really cool, and I think, um, you know, if they had the opportunity, they would definitely show out at the Um, at the stadium if they had the opportunity
5: to. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, U of H and Baylor are two football programs that have had a ton of success, you know, over the last 10 or so years. And so we're not really, we're not really uh, scheduling each other typically just because we're going to (laughs) go, we're going to go find somebody else to, to kind of get in that way. And so, uh, yeah, same way as Seth, you know, growing up in Houston, spending time in Houston, the hurricane, if nothing else, you know, brought people together, uh, you know, down there. And so, like I said, when, we're not, when U of H isn't playing Baylor, I'm cheering for U of H. And so, um, you know, it'll be a little bit of a, um, you know, well, I'll tell you what, I, I have no qualms cheering against U of H when it's Baylor. But typically, <laughs> <laughs> typically, uh, it's a game where I'm cheering for U of H. And so I, I'm excited to see it. It's not a game that I expected to see on the schedule anytime soon. Um, and so it's a little bit different than, than, than what we planned. But yeah, I think it'll be a great game as, as a Houston guy. It's a unique thing for us to see.
0: You guys have both mentioned a little bit about where home is now for you, where you're from. Um, I'm sure we, we, we will have plenty of time during the show, um, two hours before kickoff at 9 a.m. to discuss all the X's and O's and things about Baylor football and Houston and everything like that. But I think our podcast listeners would love to hear a little bit about what you guys have been doing since your time at Baylor and playing football with, for the Bears so we'll kind of walk us through uh we'll go back to you Seth you talked a little bit about um you know wanting to be a GA and that not working out um where what are you doing now and are you're still in Houston just kind of walk us through what your life looks like post Baylor
4: yeah absolutely I think I think Ellie and I have a very similar uh profession um so it'll be kind of cool to see his side of it as well um but yeah, so moved down to Houston about three years ago after all the NFL stuff didn't work out, fortunately, or unfortunately, fortunately. Um, so moved down here with my wife, Ashley, and, uh, joined Texas Children's for a few years, um, worked there and was, you know, loving it, but you know, it was a little bit too slow pace. Um, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't feeling it as much. I mean, I had a great opportunity there, uh, amazing, you know, organization, um, with what they do, and uh, you know, kind of stumbled upon was you know really searching myself on what I want to do, how do I want to help people, how do I want to give back, what are some ways, and uh, you know, turns out that you know Northwestern Mutual was a company that was open. My brother works for Northwestern Mutual; has been there for about six years now. Um, I was a client of Northwestern before I actually joined on, so I kind of got to see both sides, which is pretty interesting. Um, but just had a real bit had a calling for you know giving back, whatever that was, that was being a, a therapist, you know, during the call, or just a shoulder to cry on, or just a, a sounding board, or, you know, you know, gathering the burden of, you know, the financial freedoms of people's lives, and um, you know, I think it's really cool to, to be a part of something that's much bigger than myself, you know, giving back to people, I mean, here all the time of You know financial advisors financial advisors change people's lives and um and just having those connections i think are really cool in a sense of what i'm doing what i'm doing i'm not doing it for myself it's more for you know everybody i connect with is going to be you know it's make them a relationship that's what i'm building my business off of is strictly relationships and uh it's been really neat, really eye-opening to see, you know, especially during COVID. I mean, this has been some of the toughest times and really the economy, obviously. And and you talk to people who, you know, have both of the spouses have lost their jobs and they're having to sell their house. And it's just like, it's very heartbreaking in a sense of, you know, how can I be a voice, a, you know, a, a light in the storm or whatever that may look like. And, and, and see both sides. You know, you have businesses that are booming and never seen this much production in the past, and then you have the complete opposite. And I'm sure Elliot can can you know, speak for that as well. Um, so yeah, I'm um, doing financial advising. Northwestern Mutual has been really fun, really encouraging. I, I feel like I'm going to be doing this for a really long time. Um, so it's been really a, a really blessing uh, to have this opportunity.
0: Before we go to Elliot, I do want to ask you, Seth. Do you feel as though your time as a football player has developed you into the man to be that person for those people? You mentioned wearing a lot of different hats with what you do now. Can you kind of pull from your time as an athlete and use that today?
4: Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, no question. There's uh, a <laughs> being through, you know, going through with what Baylor has been through um, and just with the different ups and downs and Really seeing it through and being a part of the program, a part of the university, I'm part of the country, the fan base, um, having those experiences. You know, whether that's you know changing the type of mentality, whether it's you know going to working out or you know pounding the weights or hitting sprints. Instead of hitting sprints, it's you know studying, making sure that you know, that I can do whatever I can do. You know, knowledge-wise, to give back to the people I'm working with so that they have the best experience, so that they're able to um, have peace of mind when going into you know, the, the scares of being the financial life, you know, people that run into. Um, but yeah, I know there's been everything that I've learned from playing, from watching, being on the sideline, injuries, everything that's led up to this point um, has really just given me, you know, another reason to do this and really seeing both sides has been really cool and so this morning a quick story so I was scrolling through Facebook and uh, saw a video of you know a, a young lady or a young girl in college um, you know broke her neck in a car accident and she's paralyzed from the waist down and I keep thinking to myself it was just that really it kind of brought me back down to life of saying why am I doing this why am I here why do I have this opportunity you know I should be should be in a wheelchair. There's no reason why I shouldn't be, but no, for some reason, God gave me this opportunity to do this. Um, and I'm going to do it to the best that I can, that that God's given me the ability to with the people around me and and try to make an impact as, as best I can.
0: That's wonderful. Thanks for sharing that.
4: Yeah. Thank you.
0: Elliot, what about you? What have you been up to since the good old days at Baylor?
5: Yeah. Um, really similar story to Seth. So, um, tinkered around with football for two years. Um, and then in 2014, also joined up with Northwestern Mutual in Houston. Um, I wasn't in North Houston, but I was actually down in the Galleria, um, off of, uh, what is it? Water River. Riverway, Riverway, Riverway. That's what it was down Riverway. Um, and so there was a huge Baylor influence out of that office. And so, uh, ended up working down there, a phenomenal company, um, top level training as far as a, Uh, a place to land coming out of football I mean it doesn't get any better than that and so um, was with them for a while and then actually jumped around to a couple different firms um, in Houston and then about a year ago moved up to Dallas Uh, and so I live you know we're talking about U of H and, and having a hometown team I live a mile south of SMU and so I'm in I'm in Dallas I'm in pony country whatever you want to call it now Uh, working for Fisher Investments. And so Fisher and Northwestern Mutual kind of got a lot in common. So Northwestern Mutual, I think is the largest uh, mutual owned, non-publicly traded insurance company in the country, right? And so- Similarly Fisher is the largest RIA, so registered investment advisor in the country, right? So not publicly traded, uh, owned in-house. And so, uh, a lot of similarities between the two, um, Fisher more so on the equity side than Northwestern mutual, but really two phenomenal com- companies and, and had a lot in common. And that's ultimately why I decided to work with them. And so, uh, been doing that kind of alongside what, what's paralleled my, you know, financial job is, is, is being in TV and radio too. And so, uh, got my first start in a 2000, I want to say it's 2014, uh, same time I was with Northwestern Mutual. Tiffany Blackman, who at the time was working with KWTX in Waco, had left and went to uh, Comcast Sports in Houston. And so this was right before Comcast Sports went uh, went under and it moved over to AT&T. And uh, they called me up and were like, hey, look, we got a TV show. Uh, it's probably going to go under in about two to three months, but we got a spot. <laughs> if you think you can go on camera, you can try this out. And so I went and bombed on camera for three months and, uh, (laughs) kind of got my first, uh, first foray into TV. And so, um, you know, along with that and, and, and segued into, you know, doing the, the TV and radio. So I did TV did the pregame show for a little while. Uh, and then, um, you know, John and Derek and those guys kind of pulled me over and to do radio. And so have, have done those side to side, I've done my best to develop, but, uh, you know, always hiccups along the way, but it's been a pretty fun ride and, um, if you're ever curious about what I'm doing, I post a ton on social media, so you can always kind of poke your head in there and see what I'm doing.
2: <laughs> That's great. We're, great. We're glad both your employers, your full-time employers, uh, give you enough time to, to mess around with us. We really appreciate that. <laughs> what, what do you think, uh, given, given 2020, no spring practice, coaching change at Baylor, long on-ramp to get to this season opener, uh, now an opponent that just kind of comes out of the blue, Elliot, what do you think uh, – how good, how clean can the performance be for Coach Aranda and the Bears this Saturday?
5: I think you're working off of a bell curve right here with what what clean looks like, right? Um yeah. I, it, one of the things coach Randy keeps saying is he's look you know we're going to have hiccups along the way you don't want those hiccups to be x's and o's kind of stuff or that we're trying to over scheme or over game plan he's gonna let his guys go out there and play and so what I think you're going to look for is just fundamental playing hat in hands you know offensive line getting a push defensively uh, making sure you're in the right position and you're playing hard right wrap up tackle drive your feet through I think that's really all you can ask for at this point
4: that's what do you think yeah, I guess just to piggyback off that, you know, the offensive side is going to be. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. I know uh, I know those guys are probably been been you know running probably pretty hard lately, uh, especially with the up tempo. You know, I'm not sure if a lot, any of those guys ever were a part of Ryle's system, um, which could be you know a positive or a negative, whatever you may look at. But uh, it's really going to be cool to see the the up tempo again. Um, you know, running running, and gunning, I guess to say, you know, getting guys up, lining. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, there probably will be some communication errors. Um, that's just part of the game, first game of the year. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to try to go super fast, if they're going to try to be conservative and you know, make sure each play is very thought out. Um, you know, details are always important. Because, um, you know, really it comes down to, you know, whoever turns the ball over the least will more than likely win the game. And so um, the, the Baylor's defense has done a great job of getting the ball, you know, turnover-wise. Um, it's going to be really exciting to, to see those guys fly around and, and play some good football.
0: I think you said it best. It's going to be very exciting to finally have fans in the stands, 25% or not, have football being played, the Baylor Bears going out there. Um, but I'm also very excited to – Uh, get to host show with you guys and kick off the 2020 season um, just two short hours before the actual game. Uh, But before then, I do want to thank you for your time visiting with us today. This has been a great little preview of what is to come. And I know that John and I are super excited to get things going with you guys uh, Saturday morning at nine. So thanks again.
2: Thanks, guys. Thank y'all. Hey, we appreciate it. Look forward to Saturday. Thanks very much. Y'all are going to do great. And that'll wrap up this week's Sikkim podcast. Thanks for being with us. I uh, appreciate Drew Pittman, who was on with us the first part of the podcast. And thanks to Elliot Coffee and Seth Russell. For Brooke Bednarz, I'm John Morris. And that's this week's Sikkim podcast.
1: You've been listening to the Sikkim podcast. Presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Waco. Online at allensamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.